And now the news. This week, the BBC published the most transphobic piece of shit news article I've ever read. So-called journalist Caroline Lowbridge investigates the apparent surge in the number of lesbians who claim to be oppressed by the rest of the LGBTQ community because they are not attracted to trans women. Lowbridge titled the article, We're being pressured into sex by some trans women. She interviews a handful of lesbians, three of which are figureheads for anti-trans groups including Get The L Out and our good old friend the LGB Alliance. The women speak on behalf of all lesbians, saying they are being pressured to date trans women out of fear that they'll be criticised for being transphobic. One woman said a trans woman pressured her into penetrative sex. Needless to say, lesbians are having none of it. They accuse Lowbridge of reinforcing myths about what other members of the community think of trans people and have begun using the hashtag L with the T. Many argue that Lowbridge didn't research a wide enough range of voices for a thorough investigation. They also point out that the article cites a biased survey by Get The L Out that only received 80 respondents, partially because it was mostly circulated through women and lesbian groups on social media. Lowbridge even acknowledges the lack of reliable information available, though never clarifies why she decided to write and publish an article without it. This is so fucked up, isn't it? So the, the thing is, like, you can always find a way to make those tropes seem like they're true. Yeah. Like, by tropes. If one person is all those, all of them, and they write an article about that one person, yeah. and they say, all bi people are this. Yeah. Same here. Just because I believe they could be pressured, but just because one piece of shit trans person did that doesn't mean all of trans people do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. There are bad people everywhere. You can't stop it. There are bad straight people, there are bad trans people, there are bad non-binary people, there are bad gay people. It's just a thing. You yeah. can't stop it. But you can't just put that you can't label use that on everyone. One, you can't use the one thing they're marginalised by in society as something against them. You can't just label all people that are marginalised in that group because of one person. That's how racism is. Yeah! Like, because one black person wasn't good, everyone, oh, these black people. Oh. You can say same about white people. I know way more white straight people that are pieces of shits yeah. than any colour or any other sexuality. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know that many people of colour, but the people of colour I do know are the nicest people I've ever exactly. met. Exactly. They're lovely. That's the thing, like, anywhere you look, you will find some bad. Yeah. But you can't just justify everyone just because few people from that group is that. Mm. It's just... I mean, she keeps going back on herself in this article all the time. I said that the title of it is We're being pressured into sex by some trans women. Not all, some, but I'm gonna write the article as though it's all of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she keeps going back on herself. And then she says, I don't have a lot of research. I don't have a lot of reliable information at my hands, but I'm still gonna write the article. Basically. And it's BBC and so, as well. BBC. This 
article coming out this week. This is why I uninstalled the BBC News app. I have not been reading BBC. BBC was my go-to news. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was. And it took this article to make me realise just how horrible they are. Giving the LGB Alliance a platform on TV. I was torn for a while, but I kept reading their news and seeing this article. And then people talking about how the BBC kept writing about the MP that unfortunately was killed about a week ago. Just how much they wrote about him, but then didn't write barely anything about Sabina Nessa, the primary school teacher, the Asian primary school teacher who was murdered at night walking home alone. Yeah, that's the thing. What I've noticed as well, when uh, that teacher died, you told... Uh, maybe I've seen like one breaking news on my phone. Yeah. Then the shooting happened. In Plymouth? Yeah. Um, that happened a few months ago. Yeah, so when that happened, yeah. they talked about it like a few times as well. Yeah. And then it was done. A lot of people died and I didn't hear about that as much as I heard about that MP. Yeah. Like, yeah, we understand he was honored and stuff. Yeah. But you can't, it's just... They did more for that MP than they did for Sarah Everard. Yeah. Who was also murdered walking home alone at night. Not right. No. The first US passport with an X gender marker was issued this week, a move that will hopefully bring better legal representation for gender non-conforming people, including gender fluid, non-binary and intersex people. It has been revealed that an intersex person named Dana Zim received the passport after a six year long battle with the State Department to obtain a passport with a gender neutral gender marker. They had had several applications denied since 2015 on the grounds that they failed to declare themselves male or female. Zim, an intersex activist from Fort Collins, Colorado, had several surgeries in the past that ultimately failed to make them appear fully male. They were still raised as a boy though, and they even went on to serve in the Navy. The State Department announced in June that it was moving towards adding a third gender marker for non-binary, intersex and gender non-conforming people but it would take time to update its computer systems. The department now also allows applicants to self-identify their gender, no longer requiring them to provide medical certification if their gender doesn't match that listed on other ID documents. When asked where Zim would like to go now, now that they have their passport, they said they wish to travel to Costa Rica to go sea fishing, but because of the pandemic and a low income, a fishing trip to Canada is more feasible. <laughs> <laughs> this is good for the US. This is it, this is good. It made me laugh the fact the computer systems. I know. Like seriously, we live in this age and it's still a huge deal computer systems. Yeah. What do you have an Excel spreadsheet as well? <laughs> oh, let's not get into that. Yeah, like yeah. I know a bit about programming and I know that it's not that hard, especially like if you get the team. Yeah. It doesn't take years and years to update something. If you already have a good system, adding something won't be like five year thing. Do you know what? Mm. No, this was a couple of years before we met, right? But did you see in the news a few years ago that some 
someone hacked into the NHS booking system and breached a load of data, that person was a teenager. <laughs> if a teenager can program something to leak information and stuff, if they can understand computers more than you, you've got a problem. I said this before, the fact that they, the organizations like this have leaders who are so old I know. and so ineducated in technology, yeah. that is what driving, this is the main thing at this like time. You, you put on your old voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's just like computers. And then they don't. And, and like, like my mom, she calls anything that has a button on it a gadget. Well, that's the thing. And then they don't invest into IT team who yeah. would help. You can't make it 100% secure because there will always be smart people who will try and breach. But there are people, like, they hire people who, on purpose, try and breach it. And when they breach it, they try to fix it. Yeah. Like a tester kind of thing. It's like when they do it themselves, it's less risk because at least they know they're on top all the time. They try to like keep up with viruses and stuff yeah. and other hackers. But the fact that old people who run this country don't understand how important the technology is, mm. they still think that, that those departments don't need funding that much. Yeah. And that's how we ended up with an Excel spreadsheet to track COVID tests. Yep. Yeah. We really drifted off the topic. Okay, so third gender marker on US passports. And here we still are in UK where I have to delete my title. I had an appointment with a mental health specialist and they called me. I had to register online. There were no MX option for title and there were no blank option for title. So I picked honorable. The right honorable. <laughs> Which is something for priests, I think? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. So this guy calls me and says, I want to speak with Mika, please. And I'm like, speaking? Yeah. And this guy's like, oh, you Mika. Um, I have this title. What's your title? Yeah, I said, yeah, I couldn't find my title, so I just put any title. Mm. And he's like, okay, so I leave blank. Gender again was male, female, or indeterminate. Yeah. So I put in the term. <laughs> yeah. And then he questioned that as well. And, and he was like, and then after that he said, I'm gonna leave that blank as well. Yeah. The government says that there's not enough non-binary people to change it. And then again says that they include all of the people. So make up your fucking mind. If you let the title MX, which is legal now. Yeah. The title MX is legal, I'm, I have it on my driver's license, and I could have it on my passport, if I had British passport. But I can't have it in like 50% of places I go, because they don't don't have their systems updated. Yeah. Or like when you go to get a loan or credit card, they only have four, yeah. Mr, Miss, Mrs and MS. Which yeah. is why our petition is still running. Yeah, which is not going so Please well. Please look in the description on this episode and click the link and sign your name to get MX as a standardised title on public service forms. Only in UK though. Uh, yeah, so good for US, I guess. Yeah. It's not just that they can have it, it's not just one state. This is actually the whole US thing. They, the whole US thing has to do it. I'm not sure about yeah. that because this was a legal battle 
with the Colorado State Department because Dana Zim is from Colorado. I think though I've read that it has to be the whole US thing. Well, because <laughs> still like states and like still a US passport. Yeah. It's still it's not a state passport. Mm. So makes sense to be the whole country thing. Yeah. I'm sure if you're from different state and if you have the same problem that you need your marker to be X, you could go through the same thing and say... I don't know, like, you know, when if you go across the state lines, something that would have been legal back home yeah, but is now illegal. Yeah, but it's US passport. It's the whole United States passport, so if this person fought their way to get X, every anyone can. Because it's the whole country's thing, it's not just state's thing. Okay. It shouldn't take six years to get it sorted, though. I know. But this just shows that times are changing now. Yeah. And it took one person to fight for that. And we should be grateful to them. Yeah. So, go Dana Zim! Thanks for listening to this episode of The Non-Binary Show. If you would like to be mentioned in a future episode, please send us your thoughts on today's topic to one of our socials. Our Instagram is at non.by.nary. Our Facebook at non.by.nary.show. You can also email us at non.by.nary.pod at gmail.com. Or send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash non-binary. That's all one word, no dots. See you next time. And remember, you, you are, are valid. valid.